This message comes from NPR sponsor Hulu. Don't miss the new docuseries Black Twitter, a people's history. From memes to movements, see how this powerful online community shapes culture and society. Black Twitter, a people's history, is now streaming on Hulu. The bracing drama series Hijack is about, well, a hijacking. An airplane heading for London is taken hostage by an eclectic bunch of assailants with mysterious motives. Their problem? A brilliant business negotiator played by none other than Idris Elba is a passenger on this plane. And he's not going to let them carry out their plan without a challenge. I'm Aisha Harris, and we're talking about the thrilling Apple TV show Hijack on Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, BetterHelp. When you keep your stress bottled up, it can eat away at you. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to make them better. Try BetterHelp Online Therapy, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp at betterhelp.com NPR today to get 10% off your first month. Support for NPR and the following message come from the American Cancer Society. Dr. Alpa Patel leads a team that researches cancer risk factors, and she shares how a new study aims to impact an underrepresented community. My greatest hope for the Voices of Black Women study is that it will help us understand and identify culturally tailored ways to change and really eliminate the unacceptable disparities for future generations of Black women as it relates to cancer. To learn more, go to voices.cancer.org. This is my voice. I can tell you a lot about me, and I'm not changing it for anyone. In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, you'll find a collection of NPR episodes centered on Black experiences. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts. Joining me today is the host of Weekend Edition Sunday, my fellow Aisha, Aisha Roscoe. Hey, Aisha. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so glad to be here. Yes, it's so great to have you back. And also with us is Vulture TV critic Roxana Haddadi. Welcome back to you too, Roxana. Thank you. Very excited to talk about this supremely silly and wonderful show. <laughs> <laughs> supremely silly is the perfect way to describe this show. So Idris Elba is in full action hero mode here in Hijack. He stars as Sam Nelson, a corporate business negotiator on board a seven-hour flight from Dubai to London. Now, soon after takeoff, a small group of hijackers makes its presence known, though the motive is unclear, at least for most of the series. Their no-nonsense ringleader is Stuart, who's played by Neil Maskell. With the help of the crew and his fellow passengers, Sam immediately taps into his very particular set of skills to try and get everyone home safe and alive. This requires a lot of smooth talk, shrewd conflict-avoidant tactics, and covert message sending. Now, meanwhile, various parties on the ground are trying to understand what's going on on board, including air traffic control and the British police. Archie Punjabi plays Chief Inspector Zara Gafoor, and Max Beasley plays Police Officer Daniel O'Farrell. Daniel also happens to be dating Sam's estranged wife, Marsha, who's played by Christine Adams. We said this is supremely silly. <laughs> we, we were not lying. <laughs> the entire series is streaming on Apple TV+. Plus. So, Aisha, let's start with you. Now, you've got Idris. You've yes. got a hijacking. Yes. Yes. You've got 
all of this supposedly happening mm-hmm. over the course of like seven-ish seven ish hours. Nine. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, how did this play for you? So, I have to say, I watched the show because I interviewed Idris Elba yes, <laughs> about the show. <laughs> so, I have to put that disclaimer out there because, yes, I enjoy interviewing him, but. It wasn't just the interview with Idris that sold me on this show. Like, I went into the show with very low expectations. I had heard some of the reviews. I'm like... And then I think it's very difficult when you're, like, (laughs) in a plane and, like, to make a hijacking work over seven hours, right? Mm -hmm. Like, that is something... To keep that going is very difficult. But what I think they did very well and what I think made it work for me is, like, yes, you have to suspend your belief. Right. Like you can't go into this like this is realistic. But they have these little plot twists that happen at the end of every episode that drew me in. And I cared just enough about the characters. And I got to the second to the last episode and it was so I was like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. And I had to finish it. And so that to me tells me when I'm finishing it and I don't have to. Yeah. Yeah. That second to last episode. (laughs) And I, I will tell our listeners that as of, you know, once this has dropped, the whole series will be out, so we we might be spoiling some things, but it, it's not really. There's not much to spoil here. But if you want to go in completely cold, maybe you know come back after you've watched the final episode if you haven't yet or whatever. But yes, Aisha, now you you are the the Idris expert in a way because you interviewed him. <laughs> but Roxana, you also wrote about this series, I and did, yeah. you actually laid out. A lot of great points about why this show is both supremely silly, but also just really engrossing. So Mm. tell us how you how this plays for you as well. I think that I have been craving something goofy to watch in the summer. And it felt like we used to get like goofy summer stuff. We'd get like creature feature movies about like some gigantic animal that we were all afraid of. Yes. And we used to get like the shows that were a bit wackier that would air in the summertime on networks because like other shows were taking a break. So I sort of miss and crave that like low stakes absurdity. And this show is very much, although it's about a hijacking, episodically, each episode ends on a little bit, like Aisha said, like a little bit of a twist, a little bit of a cliffhanger. There are different characters and subplots, as we talked about. So I just found it very smartly constructed in a way that kept me wanting to watch. And I will also praise the fact that it's seven episodes. I think we've all got a little bit burnt out on like 13 episode streaming series that Mm. feel too stretched out. Seven episodes is exactly right. So like in terms of the formula, I think there are a lot of formula things that really work here. They hit it. They hit it. They get it. And I also really enjoyed as a Middle Eastern person, that this is not just like a hijacking by Middle Eastern characters sort of thing. The show does something very different in terms of like what's motivating its villains, what's motivating its heroes. It is very uh, subversive, I think, in who it presents as doing the bad stuff and who it presents as like rising to the moment and trying to, like, stop this hijacking. So there are a lot of those sort of things that the show just sort of took me away from what I expected it to be. 
And a lot of that, I think, comes down to Idris's performance. Yes. <laughs> Very controlled. I mean, Idris is great at exuding control, right? Like, this is yeah. why he plays so many authority figures. It's The Wire. It's Pacific Rim. It's Beast. Thank yeah. you to Idris for giving us Beast. <laughs> but yeah, so like he's in that mode of I'm going to be very composed, but when the moment requires, I will explode as the moment requires. And that's just yes. really fun to watch. It's fun to watch an actor who knows what he does so well do it really well. Yes, yes. And I just think it's a good time. It really <laughs> is. And Roxana, one of the things you point out in your piece for Vulture is like one of the great things about Idris is his ability to subtly tell people they're being stupid. Yes. <laughs> and just kind of the way his eyes dart at someone saying something so inane, or there are a couple of passengers who immediately, as soon as they realize there's peril, they're like, all right, what are we going to do? We got to like, we got to take this over. And he's like, no. Idris no. has no patience for that. Yeah, right. And I love that. And that's, and I think that's partially why this makes such a good episodic series is because he has to be very strategic. You can't just like go full on like America or whatever. I mean, obviously it's not America, but like <laughs> full on the UK. Page, like yeah, yeah, yeah UK. You're just like brash and brawn. No one is asking you to make this call. No one, right? Just because you speak the loudest doesn't mean you've got anything better to say. It doesn't mean you've thought this through. There's nothing to think through. No, there is. You just haven't thought of it yet, right? He's a negotiator, and yeah. that's what he's going to do. He's going to negotiate his way out of the situation. And it's always interesting to think about how the protagonist is going to get out of whatever situation. I think one of my favorite moments comes later in the series where Idris takes a carton, water bottle carton or something like that, and he circles the like a slogan on it that it yeah. says something along the lines of like, it's time to shake things up. And yeah. he just starts passing it through, passing it and everyone seems to know what it means. <laughs> and I love those moments. Moments. Like, did that work for you, Aisha? Yeah. Yeah, I think that was the thing that got me that really made it relatable. Everybody's been on a plane, right? Yeah. And you imagine being on a plane with all these people you don't know. They did a very good job of everyone looking at each other from one section of the plane to the other. Like, because <laughs> you think, like, how would you communicate? And then what would you do? And then you would always have that annoying person who's like, I'm not going along with the plan. And then you're like, <laughs> oh my goodness, can this person <laughs> shut up? Like, but that's going to happen, right? On the plane. So I just right. felt like they got the feeling right. And mm. that made it accessible, even though nobody's been on a hijacked plane. Yeah. A lot of times I was like, this plane is huge. International flights tend to be they're really big. big. Some are really Pretty big. Pretty But there are yeah. some times where I was like, I don't know. <laughs> but to your point, like, they use the structure of the plane really smartly. Like, the window shades come up a mm -hmm. lot in various episodes. But also just, like, the plane itself becomes a character. And that, I think, yeah. is really, really well done. I would almost say that I like the stuff on the plane a lot more than I like the stuff on the ground. Oh, absolutely. I was going to ask you about that. Because one of the points you make, Roxana, and which I completely agree with, is like they made it seem in the advertising like Archie Punjabi was going to have a pretty significant role here. Yeah. And she's maybe like of the people who are not on the plane, who are on the ground dealing with trying to figure out what's happening on the plane. She's maybe like the third or fourth most important person. Yes. <laughs> Did Archie just have like two days on set? What happened here? <laughs> it kind of seems like it. Instead, you know, we're, we're focused on the Daniel O'Farrell character, mm -hmm. who's the police officer who is also dating 
Sam's wife or estranged wife or partner. I'm not sure if they're still together or not. Yeah. But I think it's almost ex, maybe. Yeah. Almost ex, but he's like trying to maybe get her back. Right. With the Gucci bracelet. The Gucci, the bracelet, Gucci bracelet is very important. <laughs> it's very, we got to talk about that Gucci bracelet. I mean, Idris Elba just saunters in with the Gucci bracelet and nothing and like, else. nothing else. No other nothing luggage. Else. What were you doing in Dubai? Maybe he was getting the Gucci bracelet in Dubai. He don't, you don't need nothing else, Sam Nelson's like, I'm going to get on this plane and I'm going to get my woman. <laughs> I I will say there were some tense moments that did come up on the ground. And I think that, you know, I agree that they weren't maybe quite as interesting as what's happening on the plane. So there are these two cleaner guys who are working with like the same sort of organization or unit or whatever as the hijackers are. And they go around like murdering people who are related to people who are on board. And at one point, they target Sam's son, Kai, who's played by Jude Cujo. And he, like, goes to, to his dad's house, uh, his dad's very luxurious apartment. But, of course, it is because, like, he's the guy who's flying to Dubai, apparently, to get a Gucci bracelet. Very luxurious apartment. Then the cleaners show up, and he has to figure out, okay, how to not let them know that he's there. And he sees they have guns. That had me legitimately in my seat, like, oh, my God. And then when they find him... And that whole thing goes down. And it's just, I thought it was really well done. And I also thought the way that Daniel, the police officer, gets him out of that situation where he, like, has them do a fire alarm and then, like, forces them out. Like, I thought that was great. Like It was was really great. And then the mm -hmm. way he, like, signaled to Daniel because they had the argument about the bike. It's like, I'm going on a bike ride. I love going on a bike (laughs) ride. Everyone is so smart. Everyone (laughs) is so smart. I would never think of. (laughs) I would be completely useless in all of these situations. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but the villains are legitimately scary. I really like that Simon McBurney shows up. He's such a great, ominous character actor. And when he mm. arrived, I was like, oh, things are actually going to get <laughs> very intimidating. So I think there are these little, like, casting moments that are also really well done and really smart. I don't think RG gets enough to do, but, like, everyone else I thought was sort of, as Aisha said, like, punching above their weight class. Like, it just became something more than what I expected the show to be. Yeah. We mentioned how silly it is, but I have to ask, like, what to you is the most ridiculous thing about this show? Oh, my gosh. (laughs) My thing that I feel like that is silly is the premise of the hijacking. And, like, I'm like, aren't there easier ways to make money? Like, Seems like why not just have somebody like go to a bank and un- yeah. like you know what I'm saying like it just seems like a really complicated scheme to get some money <laughs> that could re- that has so many ways to go wrong. Well, we should we should partially explain what that convoluted scheme is, which is basically I guess the stocks of the airliner they took money out they were betting on it going down and so then they hijacked the plane and then of course stocks fall so now it's like. A windfall, I guess, because they did this. It's the big short on a plane. Yes. Yeah, on a plane. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You would think there'd be easier ways to do it, but I guess if you also (laughs) just want to be a terrorist, like, that's a great way to go about doing it. There have to be better ways to short a stock. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) That's what the big short was. Okay, so here's mine. Mine is that there only seems to be two kids on this plane. 
and oh, which yeah. like have you ever been on any flight but much less an international flight where there's only two kids on the plane and no. then on top of that they are the most well-behaved <laughs> and unfazed kids of all time i forgot about that oh my god because i if my kids were on that flight okay first of all we would have all been dead because they would have been like well i need a, i need my 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 it's not working it's no wi-fi like they would have been just a hot mess i would have been like be quiet be quiet they would not have been quiet yeah it it just would have been mayhem and like where are their snacks like there are guns being brandished people being beat in the aisles and these kids don't like they just have their tablets <laughs> which i respect i feel as though that was like a missed opportunity for even more attention because it's yeah. like trying to keep a child either like from freaking out or just being too loud and annoying like that that's an extra layer of tension that was just waiting to be mined but well one of them briefly gets lost yeah and i think that's the extent of the tension (laughs) and it's like okay you're getting lost on a plane really my favorite (laughs) moment is at a certain point idris notices a flag and he goes back to first class and like draws mm-hmm. the flag and then shows it around first class. And it's like, what country is this? <laughs> but it somehow that's the show. It just somehow pulls off this balance of like really extreme things that are also sort of like normal. Yeah. And it's Idris and he just sells it. Yeah. I don't know how he does it, but he sells it. OK. Is there anything else we want to talk about here? We didn't talk about how the main pilot beat the mess out of his co-pilot. Oh that was insane. Oh, I forgot about that. There was the affair that was happening. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, <laughs> it was like... You know what? But then at the end, he... Oh, he, he got it. He got, he got it. it. He got it at the end. <laughs> he really and got it. And the best part to me was when Idris told her, like, I normally tell people what they need to do to get them to do... But if I were in your position... I would do exactly what you're doing. I was like, oh my God, yes. I need a Sam Nelson on the play. (laughs) (laughs) That was the best part. It was so real. I loved it. Yes, yes. Well, clearly we had a great time watching this show, the Supremely Silly Show. And if you got a chance to check it out, you should definitely let us know what you think about Hijack. You can find us at facebook.com slash PCHH. And that brings us to the end of our show. Roxana Haddadi, Aisha Roscoe, thanks so much for being here. This was a joy, a pleasure, and just silly fun. Yeah, glad to be here. Thank you. This episode was produced by Ramel Wood and Mike Katzoff and edited by Jessica Reedy. And Hello, Come In provides our theme music. Thank you so much for listening to Pop Culture Happy Hour from NPR. I'm Aisha Harris, and we'll see you all tomorrow. This message comes from NPR sponsor, the Capital One Venture X Card. Earn unlimited 2X miles on everything you buy. Plus, get access to a $300 annual credit for bookings through Capital One Travel. What's in your wallet? Terms apply. Details at CapitalOne.com. Support for NPR and the following message come from Rosetta Stone, the perfect app to achieve your language learning goals no matter how busy your schedule gets. It's designed to maximize study time with immersive 10-minute lessons and audio practice for your commute. Plus, tailor your learning plan for specific objectives like travel. Get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off and unlimited access to 25 language courses. Learn more at rosettastone.com NPR. What does it mean to be Black in America? In NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of stories as varied, nuanced, and dynamic as Black experiences, you'll hear. It means everything. 
Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.